The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Amplifier Advisors, LLC, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to What's Working in Washington on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Welcome to this What's Working in Washington Extra. As you know, if you're a regular listener, this is an opportunity for us to unpack a larger issue, an opportunity for a longer segment show. So we're going to be talking in this show about the cybersecurity industry, the, the technologies behind it, the opportunities in the region, with three experts that very much have their fingers on the pulse, the cross-section between government and private innovation in national security and cybersecurity. First guest is Bob Bigman. Bob is currently the president of To Be Secure. And he previously was the Chief Information Security Officer at the CIA. Also, here's Bob Flores. Bob is a partner in Cognitio Group, where he specializes in cybersecurity technologies, implementation, policy, and so forth. And before that, he also spent time in the National Security Establishment with the CIA. And in this, here in the studio with us is Bob Gorley. Bob is founder and CTO of technology due diligence firm Crucial Point LLC, and he's publisher of Daily Threat Brief, available at threatbrief.com, and CTO Vision, available at ctovision.com. I'm seeing a pattern here, and also author of the best-selling book, Cyber, The Cyber Threat. Bob previously was the CTO of the Defense Intelligence Agency, so I'm going to have to behave myself today, and that may be hard for me, but guys, thanks for being here with me. You're very much involved with this, cybersecurity. A lot of people run around with their arms and waving in the air. You know, it's either the end of Western civilization or it's a big economic opportunity. Are people waving their arms for the right reasons? What do you think? Yeah, they're doing a lot of, a lot of arm waving, uh, fist shaking, screaming. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's a lot to be said. Um, not, not a whole lot being accomplished, but there's a lot being said uh, and plenty of opportunities for the right investor, the right company with the right idea. Interesting. So, so that's where you think, Bob Bigman. That's where you think it is. It's a lot of. It is a yeah. lot of arm waving. Uh, Florence, I see you shaking your shaking your head there. You're shaking my head. Yes. Huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I totally agree with Bigman. And um, you know, there's um, there are things that are being done in fits and starts, which is a good thing. It's better than nothing. Um, uh, but the people have still not grasped the big picture for this whole thing. And um, and so I think that there are going to be plenty of opportunities coming down the road for both the investor side and the, and the user side, for that matter. So. You know, it's fascinating to me. I, Bob Gorley, it strikes me in some ways. Tell me if this analogy makes sense. I go to the airport, right? You know, it's, it's, it's security kabuki. Take off your shoes. You're going to be a lot safer. You know, is a lot of what's going on right now in cybersecurity – is it kabuki? I mean, are we really addressing the big issues right well, now? Um, just for context, let me say, yes, maybe there's some kabuki um, um, you know, posters. I noticed there's a poster on the wall here about, hey, aware, you know, there's, there's an insider threat. Is that poster going to stop you from being hacked? Or, you know, there's posters like that in every organization that was ever hacked. Or you could say some of the compliance regimes, uh, PCI compliance. Uh, that's important stuff to do. Or HIPAA compliance, very important to do. It doesn't make you secure. So, mm. Uh, that is some of the kabuki stuff. But let me tell you this. There's also been a lot of serious work and great technologies produced and fantastic methods and models that can help make things more secure. Um, for more context, there's 1.2 billion computers in the world. I mean, PCs and servers. Mm -hmm. um, and people like us have been working in the community for years to um, improve the security of those. We haven't quite gotten it right. Meanwhile, 
7 billion smartphones in the world, um, 20 billion Internet of Things devices coming by the year 2020, just three years away. Um, so we haven't gotten the first architecture right, and this new world of mobile Internet of Things is coming at us fast, um, and we got a lot of catching up to do. It feels like, in a lot of ways, the technology community sells us stuff like it's toasters, but it's not toasters. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're expensive yeah. toasters. That's well, I know they're expensive toasters. toasters are expensive. To, it used to be toasters were pretty expensive, and if it broke after a couple of days, eh, well, who cared? Right. But these are million-dollar toasters, and uh, sorry, but I have to kind of disagree with Mr. Gorley here a little bit. It, it is kabuki because, frankly, the problem, the cybersecurity problem, even if he asked you know, the person on the street, they'll tell you, and they're right, it's getting worse. Mm. We're not making it better. No amount of technology, and I don't know how many displays there were at the RSA show this year. But, 500. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was more than that. Uh, companies well, there. Well, Gurley apparently only visited 500. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Florence is over there saying yeah. there was at least 10 yeah, there, billion. I mean, yeah, whatever whatever right. it was. But there were, but, but where, so where are we at? You would think at least the airport security has gotten better with the things we've done. Yeah. You, there's an empirical measure. You can see security's gotten better. In the cyber industry, it's not getting any better. Any better. And you have to ask the question, you know, well, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I, I would ask that question because what what I hear, uh, I mean, I go to briefings and, and know you, I've been to briefings that you've participated in and other experts in town and, and it, it it curdles the, the hair. You know, when you talk oh, about the yeah. critical infrastructure, you talk about, you know, data integrity and all these things. So I was... I was almost hoping it was going to say, hey, it's Kabuki. What do you think? And you're going to say, oh, no, no, it's it's all under control. But uh, literally, I'm, I'm, you frightened me. Well, I think, you know, part of the problem here is that uh, there's an awful lot that's being done to combat uh, bad guy technology, okay, from a technical to technical aspect. But that's all totally reactionary. And so you're always behind when mm -hmm. you do that. What we're not seeing enough of... Um, in, in some pockets we see it, but but in general we're, we're not seeing enough of is this whole awareness thing. The and you know, we got to start people young in grade school, and people don't have a, a security culture within themselves. And so if you sit around with a group of people who are designing a system, they'll say, "Well, we're going to create a user interface that looks like this." Somebody will say, "Well, no, that's stupid to do that because the users won't understand that." So they have this mindset of knowing what people want and will accept from a user interface standpoint, but they don't from a security standpoint, and they need to. And you know, so, it's interesting to me. I talk with millennials or younger people who use technology, and they'll say, oh, well, I know I have no privacy, but yet they go absolutely berserk like everybody else if they suddenly find that their bank account's been hacked. So who doesn't care about this yeah agreed they're you know they're the last people to ask about cybersecurity. <laughs> trust me <laughs> no i wouldn't know i wouldn't open up with that okay. uh yeah. yeah you know if you look at the industry and look where we're at you know cybersecurity is very uh theme based and it's all based on what they think customers want what they think regulators compliance people want and we work through a whole a collection of themes i i, I don't know what the current one is it seems to be uh, artificial intelligence is Mm -hmm. Seemed to be the theme of the day. Right. I go back as far back as um, IBM mainframes, you know, when we, when we had products for those uh, and all the way through. And we just bounce around from a whole bunch of ideas. You know, a couple of years ago was threat intelligence. Well, that didn't work. Uh, if you remember the big craze on uh, malware protection, antivirus engines and whitelisting, well, that didn't work real well. Uh, encryption was a big theme for a long time. That just was really, really hard. Um, and the cybersecurity industry is just very, very focused on 
not solving the problem of cybersecurity, but solving the issue of what do I think that that person wants that I can sell them. Right. Um, That's right. That makes the compliance people happy, the regulator happy, yeah. you know, and, and really looks good. Whether it solves the problem, and you can tell it's not solving any problem, is, is where we're at. Well, when we come back after the break, I guess what I want to turn my attention to next is, well, sounds to me like you've identified a real large market opportunity. <laughs> How are we getting after it here in the D.C. region? So we're going to be talking about the cybersecurity industry with some great experts. We'll be right back after the break. Thank you to our sponsor, JLL. JLL is the leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government, contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Welcome back to the What's Working in Washington. Next year, we're talking about the cybersecurity industry here in the region with three experts in the studio. Bob Bigman, he is the uh, president of 2B Secure. Bob Flores is a partner with the Conicio Group. And Bob Gorley, who is currently founder and CTO of Crucial Point. Right before the break, it sounded to me like Bob Bigman was saying, it may not be working too great, but there's a big commercial opportunity. At which point, Bob Gorley's eyes lit up, and I think he was raising his hand saying, Ask me, ask me. So, Bob, you see a lot of startups. What are the opportunities here in the region? Well, there's a lot of opportunities here in the region, largely because there's a lot of customers here in the region. Uh, customers, um, commercial customers especially, but also government, uh, who need their stuff protected. And there are things you can do to reduce risk. It's not all gloom and doom, although um, when you listen to Bigman, sometimes it sounds that way. But I tell you, <laughs> when you have good, aware leadership, when you have a CEO that gets it and realizes that I need to reduce my risk, and a CEO that then passes that on to all members of his executive team and doesn't just think this is something for the IT department to handle, you can have a company that can really reduce its risk because they're going to do things like uh, encrypt their data and manage the keys appropriately and use multi-factor authentication and uh, smartly use the cloud and monitor everything that people are doing and respond once you get penetrated. And you can do things that significantly reduce your risk. Um, and you can do that in the mobile environment too. It takes work. It takes leadership and awareness. So there's great opportunities for firms that come with the ability to help people through that and also the technology providers that can you know, do that encryption, um, manage the identity of the whole thing. You know, we say you, know, you need to know who's who and what's what. And the new way to do that is through architectures like a software-defined perimeter, which is a fantastic way to make sure um, no one can get into your enterprise that you don't authorize first. 
You know what this reminds me of? That old joke about the two guys in the uh, where the bear comes up and then the first one starts running off. The second one says, right. you know, I got to put my sneakers on. Why? Because I just have to outrun you, right. not the bear. Right. Is is where we are with cybersecurity now with all these technologies that you're not necessarily just saying, oh, well, I, I got to protect myself. You're just saying, I want to make sure that I'm a harder target than that other guy. Is that is that is this an arms race in effect in the commercial sector? Yeah, that, right? that, it is a big part of it uh, because again, uh, from a hacker mentality, they're, they're going after things they want, mostly things they can monetize. Right? It's all about making a dollar. Yeah, yeah. there's China with intellectual property. We all we all got that. But what mostly the focus of the hacker community is how do I make money today? Mm. And the targets are basically those who readily basically expose their accounts and their money to either ransomware or just open account attacks, right? Stealing credentials and stealing money. And that's where the focus is gonna be. And Bob is right. There's a lot of things you can do uh, to reduce your risk. A lot of things can work in combination together. By the way, not a lot of them are, are technology oriented. A lot of it is just focused with good management, as Bob said. Right. However, the bad news is, I see very few, organ few organizations doing it well. That's, that's the problem. Bob Flores, what do you think about that? Well, this is a security culture thing I talked about earlier, and that's, and, uh, that's what, what we always try to instill in a company. And, um, and it does mean starting at the top and, and having these propagate down, you know, to the lowest levels of the organization. You know, our view is that, my view is that everybody in an organization, no matter how big or how small, has a security role to play. And, and they need to be instructed on what that role is. Now, obviously, if you're you know, the chief information security officer of the CIA, you have a huge role to play. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're the uh, executive assistant for the CEO of IBM, you also have a big role to play in security. It's very different than the CISOs. So what you're talking about, in effect, is if I have somebody, a CEO, in an talk to them about the culture of compliance. You know, you, you have to have a place where people follow the rules and, you know, and so forth. You're talking about a culture of, of security. It sounds like. Now, I want to get back to this product thing or the service thing because my understanding and impression is that this market is is seen internationally as one of the three hotbeds for, for cybersecurity innovation. I hear Tel Aviv, I hear West Coast, and I hear D.C. If that is true... Where is the where is the activity? Is it in the government agencies? Is it the startups? Where are you seeing this innovation? I think there's a fair amount uh, of, in the startup community here, not not nearly like it is on the West Coast uh, or even in Boston, for that matter. But what's happened is you've got things like Mach 37 out of Virginia, which is quasi government funded by the state of Virginia. A startup business accelerator started a cybersecurity company. That's right. And so and so that's, you know, their role in life is to try to accelerate these companies. And so that encourages people to have good ideas and and they help minimize some of the risk associated with that by funding some of these things at a low level, but still. You know, it's good in this area because there, as Gorley mentioned before, you've got a bunch of customers in this area who are just champing at the bit to to get a solution to their problem. Federal and, and commercial, Bob Gurley, you're you're working with a lot of startups and larger business and Bigman. You're actually you're doing a company, so mm -hmm. it's not just startups, right? I mean, it's medium size. Where where is it? Where is that innovation? You know, um, in this region, I mean, if you look at all the academia, and I, I like to think of the expanded version of the region, starting at uh, Pittsburgh. Frankly, there's just mm -hmm. You know, a lot of brilliant technology coming out of there. Great startup uh, Pittsburghers companies. wouldn't agree, Bob, but that's fine. <laughs> that's right. Well, I tell you, smart people, you know, and we need more of them to move this way. But uh, it's close enough. You know, it's a big umbrella. 
of course, I think of Silicon Valley as going from uh, San Diego to Los Angeles to uh, yeah. San Jose, uh, San Francisco, up to Portland and Seattle. Um, so, you know, the West Coast expanded here. We have so much talent going all the way from Pittsburgh to Reston to D.C., Fulton, Maryland, Baltimore. Um, and the talent is here. The funding is here. But the most important thing that's here is customers. Because if you're a startup, you need quick access to a customer that can prove out your technology uh, to get you going. Now, when you talk about customers, all three of you spent time in the national security establishment at a number of the letter agencies. That, is that what you're really getting at? I mean, just the insatiable need that DIA, CAA, and others have for the, the best technology possible? That's absolutely a key customer, but there's don't forget the commercial. There's you know, a huge amount of commercial customers. From, yeah, yeah. But let me just focus on what Bob said. He's right, absolutely right. What I've seen just in the last three years is this transition uh, across all the companies coming to Washington, not to make and sell to the government, but to make and sell to private industry. Right. They like the, for whatever reason, they like the idea of having a Washington, D.C. area address. That gives them something. I'm not exactly sure Which what it is. Which industries are you talking mm -hmm. about? Because oh, when these... I think of financial services, I'm thinking, I think that's New York. Are you who, Who's coming here to sell cybersecurity to private sector. I, I can give you a list of three Israeli companies right now who have moved their headquarters or joint shared headquarters between Tel Aviv and Washington, D.C., not to sell products to U.S. government, because frankly, some of them can't, but to sell products to commercial industry. And uh, they feel Washington is the place to incubate. They think the investors are here. They think the customers, some of the customers are here. And by the way, some of them are. Some of the financial industry customers have their security operations centers closely around the Ashburn area because there's a lot of uh, bandwidth. To you be, you to know, it's fascinating. When I talk with people who are entrepreneurs here in town, they tell me, oh, this is a, it's, there's some, we're missing this, we don't have that. And you're telling me that because the three of you do business internationally, outside of the United States, people are saying, I need to be in this market and the place to be in this market to reach it is DC? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. These people who are telling you this aren't digging deep enough. They don't. They're they're just seeing the surface. But there is a. It's not an undercurrent. There's just a growing population of companies coming to Washington D.C. Uh, to have a Washington D.C. address and to do incubation and to do product development and sales right out of this work. Right is it D.C. or is it you know Northern Virginia, suburban Maryland, I, Pittsburgh, Mister Gorley? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> see, I, I can't comment on Pittsburgh too much, but I, I certainly see it in Northern Virginia. You know, oh, yeah. just outside the Beltway. I think it's a, in it, Maryland. It is the whole area. I mean, you got you got really good programs at places like UVA, Virginia Tech, University of Maryland, um, obviously Carnegie Mellon in in Pittsburgh, um, and and. These places are putting out some very, very smart people that have been studying security now for years, mm -hmm. obviously in an academic way, but, but nonetheless, you need people like that, um, that, that get inculcated into these, into these companies. And um, so it's, the region is a great place to find that. Yeah, I think what happened is all the cyber people, all the IT technologists who were hired in the government back in the 1990s, even the 1980s, who have grown up now and have said, well, my government career is over, are interested in now taking their cyber credentials and their ideas and not moving far from home. So mm -hmm. where they're at, they're in Washington. Yep. And that's where they're establishing their businesses. You know, Bob and I, the Bobs here, we probably know amongst us three, we probably know hundreds of these small companies. Yeah. We, we forget more than we even we even know. There's also a lot of reason for companies to move out of the California area, and we're seeing that kind of migration too, just because of the econ economics, the taxes, uh, the you know there are VCs moving out this way. 
There's the Data Tribe outfit in Fulton, Maryland, which mm-hmm. is a very unique mix of a, a VC plus a, a company plus an incubator. A lot of activity. I'll tell you what, I am so jazzed up with this conversation, but I do have to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk for a few moments about what technologies you're seeing that maybe will get us ahead in this arms race we talked about at the beginning of our time together. So we'll be right back. And a thank you to our sponsor, Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation. Their business development team can help you find the best talent, an ideal location, and the latest in market and business intelligence so you can do business successfully in the greater Washington region and Montgomery County. Your business success starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Tedco. Tedco invests in early-stage tech and life science companies, It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. What's working in Washington Extra? We're talking about cybersecurity industry with Bob Bigman, the president of 2B Secure, Bob Flores, partner at Conicio Group, and Bob Gurley, founder and CTO of Crucial Points. Gentlemen, first we talked about cybersecurity. It's an arms race we're kind of losing, but yet there's some really promising technologies. Uh, Gurley actually mentioned this uh, earlier on in the segment, and that was uh, software defined perimeter, which I think. Uh, you know, none of these new things that are coming down are, are a panacea or a silver bullet. But um, software defined perimeter changes the game a bit on how people interact with network. And I think it has a, a great potential to be a an enabler, if you will, of much better security within enterprises. The interesting thing, it's, it's essentially open source technology. So there's a few vendors out there that have have taken this and cobbled things together, put their own secret sauce in it, and, and are doing fairly well with it. What else? So I, I got a little deeper in the stack. I, I, I frankly think uh, if you really want to scare, scare the hacking community to, to their shoes, I think we'll basically we need to look down into the firmware. You know, we've been playing around with this whole trusted processing module, mm-hmm. um, the whole TPM technology chip for such a long time, but we've never really exploit it well, and there's other technologies that are in the security technologies in the chipsets that can be exploited, and some companies have done this, but by and large, it's a open uh, opportunity for people to do well that gives you a level of security that you can actually attest to and trust at a much higher level than software. 
The problem with most commercial security software is the last word, software. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just software, like all the other software running on your computer. The hackers know this, and it's just a matter of getting below the application that's running the security product and just disabling it or you know, just bunking with it to the point where it's, ir it's ir irrelevant. And we keep playing with technologies, by the way, like blockchain, which is just another application on top of an unsecured operating system. It's the unsecured operating system that's the problem, not the application. So in a, it's okay. almost like the three pigs. You know, if you build a house made of uh, made of brick, uh, bricks, it'll hold that's up better. Exactly right. Yep. That's right. I think, first of all, everything they said is just fantastic, especially what Bob said about software-defined perimeter. But if you really believe what Flores uh, talks about when he says everybody has responsibility for cybersecurity, mm. um, which I do, that means you also need to consider training of every person. And there's uh, fantastic new developments in software that uses gamification to train and teach people and really make them understand what they need to protect and do it in fun ways. Now, this is very non-technical. You have to have all the technical stuff too, but um, companies like Elevate Security are making tremendous progress in helping everybody understand their role in cybersecurity. So I, I would push for that as the number one technology we all need. You know, it sounds to me when we cut through it all, there are two issues here. The first one is it's a technological arms race. If you're serious about it, you're always going to make sure you're at the edge because smart people solve the problem. The second thing is you're only as safe as your people. It sounds to me like computer and technology literacy is essential if you want to have cybersecurity. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm big on technology. I'm big on the people aspect, but, you know, hackers don't... Technically, hackers don't hack people, they hack computers. And that's not me saying it, that's what the hackers say. <laughs> Man. So at the end of the day, you're optimistic about the future or uh, is it time for us to short uh, the On market? On the scale from, you know, you're, we're doomed to life is wonderful. I'm much closer to the life is wonderful side. And I would just remind everybody that before there were ships, there were no shipwrecks. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Only Gorley. Only Gorley. I really think that what we all just witnessed was the radio equivalent of a cybersecurity expert dropping the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I want to thank my three experts Bob Bigman, the president of 2B Secure, Bob Flores, a partner in Conicio Group, and Bob Gorley. Founder and CTO of Crucial Point LLC. I hope you all take the opportunity to follow these three great guys online and get involved with what they're up to. You're a real resource for the region. And gentlemen, I really appreciate you for taking the time to join us today. Sure, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us on What's Working in Washington. And a special thank you to our show's sponsors. Without their help, we wouldn't be able to put What's Working in Washington on the air and share the great stories we all hear every week. Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation, their business development team can help you find the best talent, an ideal location, the latest in market and business intelligence. Your business success starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. JLL is the leading commercial real estate services company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contracting, and professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. And TEDCO, TEDCO invests in early-stage tech and life science companies. It provides resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. Tweet us at, at What's Working DC. 
I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You've been listening to What's Working in Washington. Download this show or any of our weekly programs at federalnewsradio.com. What's Working in Washington, Monday afternoons at 2.30 on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m.